Welcome to UMC Ministry on the Cutting Edge, a podcast of the Susquehanna Conference of the United Methodist Church. Each podcast features leaders from around our annual conference and the wider connection. They offer innovative and inspiring ideas for ministry on the cutting edge. Ideas worth sharing. I'm Victoria Rebeck, Director of Connecting Ministries for the Susquehanna Conference. The second episode of UMC we are calling Sleep, Pray, Love. Sleep as in caring for our physical health, pray as in maintaining our relationship with God, and love as in reaching out to our neighbors with compassion, especially those with greatest need. And we're exploring this today because most of the world is still enduring the COVID-19 pandemic. Here in Pennsylvania, we're in our eighth week of stay-at-home orders. And this is a long time for people to hunker down and not see much of the outside world. And people, and maybe you who are listening, are experiencing a lot of stress. We're going to look at what that looks like and feels like and how we are managing it. Each of us on this episode are speaking via the Zoom online conference platform, so we are maintaining proper social distancing. With us today is Kevin Witt, Director of Growing Spiritual Transforming Transformational Leaders and Camp and Retreat Ministries. Hi, everybody. It's really great to be on this. I'm intrigued by what we're going to learn from each other in regards of self-care. I'm, I'm very excited. Thanks for the invite. And Kim Shockley, Coordinator of Pathways of Spiritual Leadership. Hello, everybody. I'm uh, also looking forward to the conversation today as this unfolds. And Gary Shockley, Director of Equipping Vital Congregations. Howdy ho, neighbors. It's good to spend time with you um, on this on this beautiful day in central Pennsylvania. Thanks for listening in. And Cindy Weaver, Administrative Assistant for Equipping Vital Congregations. Hi, everyone. So great to be with all of you today. Looking forward to our conversation as well. Again, we are using the word sleep here to talk about self-care in general. But let's start by talking about sleep. I saw in the New York Times back in April an article titled, Why Am I Having Weird Dreams Lately? So why do we need adequate sleep for health? According to this article, it turns out that when we sleep, our brains and bodies don't just shut down. Internal organs and processes are working hard while we sleep. When we don't get enough sleep, our higher levels of reasoning, problem solving, and attention to detail don't work so well as I have experienced myself. Sleep affects almost every tissue in our bodies. So folks, how is your sleep life? How is your dream life? Well, I'm definitely not sleeping as well as I normally do. What I do is I find myself waking up probably probably three or four times more per night. And then my mind starts to run on uh, how can I meet the challenges of the current time? Uh, what do I need to do? to make sure that the persons who are in my care are cared for. So there's a lot of that that happens around sleep. 
So I've decided to do two things. One is try to set a specific time when I go to bed. Because what I find is I, I just work on and on and on. And then I end up going much later than what I would normally be going. And then the second thing is instead of going to screens, I'm doing crossword puzzles. And I drop off to sleep a lot faster doing crossword puzzles. So those are two things that I'm doing to try to turn that around. You know, I'm fascinated in that I seem to be sleeping better right now. And I, I got to thinking about that, you know, in preparation for our time together. Um, part, of, part of just the way we're living life right now, we're talking with family members in the evening often. So I know that uh, other parts of our family are safe in their homes and and so I don't have that little anxiety that pops up from time to time when I'm thinking about other family members before I fall asleep. So I'm finding that I'm, I'm going to sleep faster and I'm actually sleeping better than normal. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> Plus a little advice about maybe addressing our uh, you know, potential anxieties. Mm-hmm. And getting those resolved, although sometimes we can't get them resolved, so maybe we need some other mm, strategies for that. So, uh, Cindy, how about you? I have to agree with Kim. Uh, although in the beginning of this uh, COVID season, I was not sleeping very well because of worrying, uh, thinking about what's going to happen, how is my family, things like that, um, but. Then realizing that basically my schedule came to a screeching halt, uh, I found that in the evenings I was home, able to unwind. Uh, as before, my schedule was crazy. And so I'd get home later at night, not really get a chance to unwind and relax and just go to bed and try to fall asleep it was not working for me. But now that my schedule is clear and I have evenings available, uh, I am able to relax and rest, and I fall asleep much quicker uh, these last few weeks. Good deal. So there's been some uh, benefit to having sort of almost like a forced Sabbath. Correct. I'm not much of a dreamer, so I haven't experienced any of the uh, crazy kinds of dreams that people are having, but I have heard that they are. Well, I'm glad for you that you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I, can, I can loan you some of mine if you want them. I'll just <laughs> telepathically send them your way. I, uh, you know, it's interesting. I slept well in the beginning of this whole thing, which surprised me because that was, I think, you know, probably the most terrifying phase of this whole thing. And I was sick, suspected with this virus. And yet I, I slept well, but as time has gone on, my sleep has become even more disturbed. And I think I, I am a very visual person, so I dream uh, prolifically and in color, almost like a movie set. Um, and all the dreams are pandemic related. Um, trying to get somewhere, not being able to do it, trying to reach some people, not being able to reach them. Um, I think part of it might be my routine is completely thrown aside. I find, especially with the cell phone and working from home, that I'm constantly available for work, checking emails even before I go to bed, first thing in the morning, 
I'm not doing well at establishing barriers between work and not work. And so I don't feel like I'm working or carrying that to bed at night. But when I wake up in the morning, I realize, yeah, I was worrying about churches. I was thinking about certain pastors that I keep in my heart. Um, I try and do problem solving around stuff. And I think that's what's affecting my sleep right now. I can um, relate to Kevin, what Kevin said about being up late, because when I moved here in March, I came with a couple of, actually three freelance projects to wrap up that I had uh, agreed to before I came here. So after doing my work for the conference, I'd be up working on that. And unfortunately, that's twisted my sleep uh, my natural rhythms about that. And so unfortunately it gets to be about nine o'clock and I'm wide awake, which is, you know, not good. So actually what I've tried to do for that, and I've just started trying is to take a little bit of melatonin. I think that's how you pronounce it. Mm -hmm. And um, just to get me a little drowsy and help convince me that maybe I do want to go to bed. just to help it uh, turn around. And then I'm one of those who's been having the crazy dreams. Um, I think it was in this New York Times article that I mentioned earlier that one of the, I think it was a, a, you know, a clinical psychologist that they interviewed, I believe that's who it was, talked about that a lot of people were having dreams with insects. Um, So, and I thought, oh yeah, I have, I've had, Dreams with cockroaches in them. Ooh. You know, I, when I was in my 20s, I lived in these, you know, crummy apartments in Chicago and uh, cockroaches were always your roommates. <laughs> and I uh, don't miss that. But I, what I have saw one time here in the basement in the house I'm in now, a, a centipede, which really creeps me out also. And I had a dream with a centipede in it. Um, so the New York Times did not uh, suggest any reasons for bugs and dreams, but apparently that's a thing right now. So You, you may just want to stay awake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why I don't want to go to bed at night. <laughs> well, and we often think about viruses and bacteria as bugs. So, you know, that may be part of the connection. Somebody told us that pistachios were a really good evening snack because they help to prepare the body to sleep. Just a handful of pistachios. Wow. Um, or I don't know, maybe Thanksgiving dinner too, right? Turkey. <laughs> 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 Things to try. <laughs> I do like pistachios. Um, I, uh, when I was in uh, Tennessee, where I was before I moved here, uh, I belong to a gym, um, and they have a franchise now right here around, uh, you know, maybe a mile from where I'm living now, which is great, but um, it closed, you know, within days of my moving here under state orders in order to avoid spread of the COVID-19 virus. So for me, belonging to a gym was very helpful in making sure I got exercise, Um because it was, you know, more of a little outing. And then I'd say, tell myself, I kept to trick myself a little bit, just go and just be on the bike for 10 minutes. But once I'm there, you know, I would do more things. 
And now where I live now, there's a nice park. I can walk there. I've got hand weights. I've got, uh, you know, my yoga mat. But am I using them? Not so much. (laughs) (laughs) So um, somehow I need to get a little more disciplined about that. Um, I wish I had some wisdom on that. Maybe someone else will. (laughs) How about the rest of you? We have a, um, in, in our basement, uh, we have a huge basement and we have, we both are bicyclists and we put our bikes on what's called bike trainers. It's like a, another wheel that goes underneath your back wheel. And so that's pretty low aerobic, low impact aerobic. Um, and sitting next to it, there's an elliptical machine that I, I like. Kim absolutely hates. Um, and, and there's a little TV in front of us so we can watch Seinfeld or something to take our mind off the pain. <laughs> but but the goal is to the goal is to be doing something like that every day and some um, the elastic band kind of stretching exercises and uh, squats and stuff like that. Um, when it's nice out, uh, I love to walk around the neighborhood and do that even a couple times a day. We had a cabinet meeting last last earlier I, this week yeah. and as soon as it was over I went and walked around the neighborhood just to kind of get my head in a different place um, but it does help to exercise I find that to be true mental mental health and well-being is much better when we're moving the blood so how do you get yourself to do it or, or you just enjoy it enough to make yourself do it I I have to say that I really don't enjoy it but I but I believe in the benefit of it enough that and I feel better during the day if I do it in the morning. Uh, so that's enough motivation to just keep at it. Um, I hate it all the time. <laughs> and this week I gave myself a pass because I had a little bit of uh, outpatient toe surgery last Friday. So <laughs> I'm, re- I'm in recovery. <laughs> but we, we try to motivate each other to stay focused on moving. Um, you know, I forget which which actress was talking about eat less, move more. Uh, we're we're just trying to follow that adage as most as best as best we can. Well, but we're on the on the eat more, move more <laughs> plan. <laughs> Lately, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, in terms of exercise, what motivates me is I always like novelty, doing something that I have never done before. So what I started doing is walking through uh, the small town area where I live and just exploring one neighborhood one day, exploring another neighborhood the other day. And and I got out to like four or five miles away from my house, right? Exploring all this stuff. And it's really fascinating to see what people do in their yards. And now I'm doing the alley route and alleys are really interesting. So you're walking down alleys, you're not running into anybody. So you're, you're avoiding all that social contact as well. There's hardly anybody in alleys. And it's just fascinating to see different structures and how people design their yards. And so I would advocate for that if you need some, a little bit of a different route, if you can't do that monotonous same thing every single day. The other thing that I did since this started was my gym got closed too, which was very disappointing because... That's like you, Victoria, part of my strategy. 
But I realized that I had uh, Virgin Paul smiles build up. You know, our insurance company, for those of you who are on it, uh, you can earn points and, and points earn become dollars. Mm-hmm. And so I realized, oh my goodness, I, I have enough money in there now that I can pay for a good portion of a spin cycle like they have at gyms. And I found a really nice one for just a little over $300. And the bulk of my Virgin Pulse money paid for it. And they delivered it right to my front door. So now, now I have gym equipment in my house that I didn't have before and didn't hardly have to spend anything on it. So that was really cool. And it's helped a lot. I noticed that my energy level has gone up. My periods of depression have gone down. So exercise does a lot for me in that regard. I'm not one to be super motivated to exercise, but I have always wanted to try yoga, but I always use the excuse, I don't have enough time to do it, or, or really, I didn't want to take the time to do it. <laughs> so I found on YouTube a 30-day yoga challenge uh, by Adrian Mishler, and it's wonderful. It's uh, geared to whatever level you're on, and I have noticed a little difference in my energy level as well. Um, I'm not sure about strength because <laughs> I don't have much strength, but uh, it does help me to feel better, especially during this time of being working at home, being at home all the time. Um, and I do enjoy getting outside in the fresh air as well. Um, it's just good to walk around the block a few times and when you come in, you do feel much better. Yeah, I, I love doing yoga, and but it's always helped for me to go to a class and there's someone telling you what moves to do next. Uh, so I should try that with uh, seeing what kind of videos there might be, that sort of thing. Um, because I, I, I just like the combination of breathing, stretching, resting um and it's very spiritual in a way because you you're really supposed to kind of focus and have that uh you know mindfulness as part of it Um, it is yes and the breathing especially has really been helpful and i've read that that's so important because it helps you breathe more deeply get Mm -hmm. more oxygen uh so um yeah, I love. And the other thing I love about yoga, too, is every teacher I've ever had, I've always done it in groups, has always said, you know, it's not a competition. Mm-hmm. So don't look at what someone else is doing and think um, that you should be doing it. Um, just do it what you're able to do to the extent you can. And if you need a rest, just go into a rest pose. That's cool. Um that was really helpful to me as someone who never did well in gym in elementary school. <laughs> nice to be in a non-competitive <laughs> exercise. I get that. <laughs> For me, it's a little bit the opposite of that. I love competition. Uh, not, not the kind of nasty competition that some people enjoy conquering each other, but I do enjoy um, doing progressing, I guess is what I would say. And so Virgin Pulse also, which is part of our insurance company, every once in a while they'll have these challenges and you can just sign up with a team of people you know or just randomly be assigned to a team. 
And to be honest with you, that really does up the number of steps that I do in a day. Cause I just like to see how's everybody on my team doing. Oh, I feel a little obligation to make sure because you get some points at the end if your team succeeds. And that's a motivator for me. And maybe, uh, maybe you need to set up a challenge for all of us. Oh, well, that's, that's a nice offer. You'll, we'll see what I can come up with. Okay. That, that, that is a great idea. Yeah, it is. I don't, think I heard about that. I'll have to contact, uh, you know, our benefits person and um, see how I can get on that. Because I was on it. Um, Kevin, you probably were too. At, yeah, we were on the same program before. So mm-hmm. I still still have it on my, my um, an app. So yep. and actually, Kevin, I, I will say there are times when competition works for me. I was at was blown to the Y briefly in Nashville and they had this thing I liked. It was a bike thing and you could, it had a little video screen and you could choose to do some kind of a route or how strenuous. And so you're really competing against yourself. And on the video screen, it would have, you know, an animation of some other bike rider. And, you know, I did not want those people to pass me. So <laughs> A lot harder. <laughs> and But really, I was, you know, uh, I was really competing against myself. So. Uh, so you all touched on this a little bit about uh, eating in a healthy way. And um, I confess, I'm not a person who likes to cook and I haven't felt like cooking so I've been eating a lot of sandwiches and a lot of soup, although I've been making sure to eat vegetables, fresh vegetables. Uh, and um, my, my weakness has been uh, trail mix. And unfortunately, the kind I get is largely like chocolate chips and peanut butter chip things. <laughs> so it's really kind of more candy than anything else. So um, I've got to work on that a little bit. Uh, maybe coming up with some healthier snacks that I like. I mean, that's really the trick is not just replacing it, but replacing it with something that tastes good. It's tempting. How about the rest of you? We eat, we eat well because I'm married to somebody who is a great cook and really um, health and nutrition conscious where, where we go off the rails we were doing really well. I, I lost like 15 pounds before this whole thing started, and I've probably gained a third of those back. And part of it is um, I really do believe that that when you are grieving, and I think we're all grieving in one way or another, we're, we've all had different kinds of losses in this experience. And so there's grief. And I tell people when I work with them in grief, that part of it is, you know, take care of yourself and be kind to yourself. Well, for me, being kind to myself means um, M&M's. <laughs> These little chocolate donut things that I grew up with whenever my grandfather, you know, the way he loved on me was chocolate milkshakes and chocolate donuts. And so first thing, first thing we did when we were grocery shopping when this pandemic Hey, hey that's not a we. That's a <laughs> first, The first thing I did, I brought home some Thank of these you. wonderful chocolate donuts. And Kim knew exactly why I did it. And, and then I think I... I think I did it again, and I thought, okay, we got to stop this because these things have, they're just all chemicals. But there was, I think, you know, there is a truth to, I think it's okay 
to treat ourselves and to go off the rails a little bit in this. Uh, but there comes a point at which we realize that this is going to go on a while. You know, I think initially we all thought maybe for a couple of weeks. And so I can let loose and just, you know, enjoy myself for a couple of weeks. Well, now we're a couple of months into this and it's still going on and we're going a while. So now it's back to, I want to live um, beyond the pandemic. <laughs> so I better stop eating some things that may change that trajectory a little bit, you know, but I do, I do like sweets. And so that's been our, that's been my downfall. <laughs> Gary, that's so funny you say that because it's exactly what happened to us in our household. <laughs> I, I love to bake. And so the first few weeks bake, I was baking a lot of things. And of course we were eating everything <laughs> and turning to comfort food as well. You know, the meat, mashed potatoes and gravy and pasta and all of those things, which we generally stay away from. Uh, we were having it all the time. And then we both realized uh, we better, this is going to last longer than two weeks. So yeah. We better get back to eating a little bit more healthy. So we've been trying to do that, but it's not always been working well. Uh, we come up with this excuse. We want to support our local economy. So we, we go to the drive-thru at the Dairy Queen. Last week, we waited for 25 minutes till we got our <laughs> blizzards. <laughs> we did the same thing. Uh, I mean, if we would have done that in a normal situation and saw a lineup like that, we would have been, oh, we're out of here. But we waited for 25 minutes to get our blizzards. <laughs> well, so we are... I'm feeling a lot, lot better because I'm not the only one who did this. I came to 10 pounds <laughs> doing the exact same thing. It's so interesting. Wow. Okay. So um, good to be among friends. <laughs> yes. Uh, two things that I'm trying to do now is if it's in the house, I'm going to eat it. There is just absolutely no doubt about it. Um, I'm an emotional leader. So if I get tired or if I get a little bummed out, um, or if I get bored even, then first thing comes out is food. So I'm, I'm trying now to do what you all are doing, and that is be more selective about what comes in the, in the door. I think that helps a lot. The other thing that I'm going to do is I'm actually going to get a coach because this got a little out of control for me. You know, when you're gaining 10 or 15 pounds, uh, you know, over a three or four month period, that's a lot. And so there are people who are offering coaching to folks right now. It, like if you're uh, finding it challenging during this time. And so I'm going to take up one of those offers for coaching. And part of that for me is how do I get myself back into uh, good physical, spiritual balance? And it will be, I think it'd be really good to have a coach helping me a little bit more accountability along that line. And what a gift. And there might be people available to you who are willing to do that for you for, you know, four or five weeks, just mm -hmm. let me know what you're trying to accomplish and then check in with you, give you some encouragement around that. Yeah. Uh, so that that'll be really helpful to get a kickstart back into this. Yes. Yeah. I do That's believe awesome. too, Kevin, that uh, Virgin Pulse offers uh, <laughs> coaching to folks through that program. Wow. I didn't know that. That's cool. They do. 
That's great. Um, so I'm oh. the chief shopper and organizer of all things food in our household. <laughs> and I've always been very uh, particular about preparing to go to the grocery store. And now is even more serious a time because you want to get in and out as fast as possible, but yet get everything you need for at least a week. Um, so I make a list of these are the foods we're going to eat this week, the meals we're going to eat this week, and then I buy the ingredients, you know, that I've written down. And uh, generally, one of us goes to the store at a time. And so that, that helps us to control. I don't have quite the, uh, I have better impulse control at the grocery store <laughs> than my spouse. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, we we're trying to balance, you know, meat, cheese, fruits, vegetables, dairy in, you know, in healthy ways throughout a week at a time, uh, rather than, you know, trying to jam it all into one day. <laughs> The other thing I like about that is um, that you said a week at a time mm -hmm. instead of, um, you know, for the foreseeable future, which can seem really overwhelming. I know that's mm -hmm. how it can be for me, but, it, you know, kind of like the 12 step, you know, one day at a time <laughs> or mm -hmm. one week at a time, right. just get through then. So well, this, this conversation is making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> And I still have a little bag of M&M's in my refrigerator. Hey, I'm with you, Gary. I'm hungry. You know, the, the funny thing was we bought, um, I bought five boxes of Girl Scout cookies that were delivered early oh. in March. Yeah. And so this all started with us in the house with five boxes of Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> and we actually stretched them out. It's only, it was just this last week that they were finally gone. And, you know, over that amount of time, I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and for a while, we were counting out M&M's. <laughs> I mean, it got to, here's how bad it is. We buy like a three-pound bag of M&M's. It's like, okay, the first time we did it, we thought, okay, the end of the world is ending, so we might as well eat, eat M&M's. And then we realized the world wasn't ending, so we better, like, ration out the M&M's. Yeah. <laughs> we get 15 M&M's a piece. <laughs> count them. And then tr trade colors, because I like red and she hates red, and, you know, it, it became a circus. <laughs> the things you do to entertain yourselves. Well, you know, if it works. <laughs> well, let's uh, move along. Um, so, yeah, we've been talking about we're all working from home. I know I've kept pretty busy learning a new job, and... Also finishing up those other projects, um, but sometimes I feel pretty overwhelmed because I also should be unpacking boxes from moving. And um, you know, there are times when I wake up the morning and think of all the things I have to do, and I just want to pull the covers over my head. And sometimes that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> So how are you, uh, you know, how is working, working from home going for you? I, I actually had to move my workspace because when we put this house together, my, my home computer was designed just for household stuff and some personal coaching uh, that I was doing with, with some folks. And so it was kind of right in the middle of the house. 
And I just found that because it was right there in the middle of the house, I was, I was there all the time. Um, and so we moved it to one of the upstairs bedrooms. So now I have the luxury of going to work. I have to go up the steps <laughs> and actually have, you know, space that feels more work focused than, than not. And so that, you know, that's been just an easy fix that we had to do. But it also gets me going up and down the steps more often during the day, which is a good thing. Yeah, and I think for me, I've been working satellited out from main offices for years and years. The, the biggest challenge that I find is, is loneliness. Mm. And when I am feeling that, it's harder to stay focused. One of my strategies is I try, especially now during the pandemic, to make more phone calls. There's something about a phone call when I'm hearing the person's voice or, or a zoom, I think we we're we're a little zoomed out. So that's not as good as it might've been in the past, but, but a phone call to friends and family instead of an email, Mm -hmm. uh, instead of, Oh, I, I gave you a thumbs up on your Facebook. It's some kind of interaction where, where you're actually having a conversation. There's that catalytic effect of going back and forth that creates something different than it does when you're just sitting at your computer with your own thoughts. Uh, you're actually creating something together as people. That to me has been really, really important. I'm an introvert, but it only goes so far. And when I'm not, when I don't have the opportunity to be creative in a conversation or, or to learn something new about somebody because we're in a conversation, there's something about my life that just dims out. And so it's been really, really important for me to figure out how do I engage with people where there's actually an interaction. That's that's good advice because I before I came here, I was working for myself at home, but I could get out. So I saw friends and um, or people, um, you know, to go out and run errands, or I was doing a lot of volunteer work too. Yeah. Um, Victoria, this must yeah. be really difficult for you because you started this job right be, like the day before we all had yeah. to start working from home. I, right. You know, <laughs> you get incredible kudos for keeping it going. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> without, without really having built relationships with us except by Zoom. <laughs> It's well, really, in a you way, it deserve a lot of credit. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I, I actually think Zoom has really helped with that because mm -hmm. I, I am able to see people. Um, it's certainly not as good as being in person, but um, it, especially when you, because there's a lot of communication that happens um, and people's faces or mm -hmm. other things they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and so the funny thing is on Zoom sometimes, we act like no one can see us. So you see people looking around or, you know, they're looking <laughs> at their phone you know, <laughs> and things like that. Um, but, and, and I have to say, I have found people in this conference or, you know, certainly the folk I work with so hospitable, um, just the, you know, the nice plants I got and, um, you know, Cindy and Gary giving me um, that wonderful uh, soup. Um, that was fantastic. Uh, just a lot of thoughtful things, extra phone calls. Um, I, 
I think also it sort of gets into our, our spiritual aspect of it is um, I, I left my other job uh, April of last year and, you know, started business for myself and really came to realize how much life is really out of our control. Mm. You know, you do what you can do and not only, and, and change is really is a constant. Mm-hmm. So when I think about this, the new normal, I'm like, well, don't think anything's normal. Things are always changing. There, there really isn't a normal that's, uh, you know, we kind of fool ourselves into thinking there is. And it's, I totally get it. If we feel more secure when there's routine. Um, but um what I have found, you know, in a lot of ways, whether I'd like it to or not, I've moved a lot of times for job opportunities, something I never foresaw that I was going to do in my life. And here, here it's happened, and it, it, but it's really, and it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to move. The physical part, leaving friends is excruciating, mm-hmm. uh, but it has driven home um, Things are always changing, and um, I don't. I don't have to have. I don't have to see ahead, really. What you know, living in the the present more. Um, not to dominate, but um, last year I also worked on some sermon notes for Jeremiah, and there's. Oh no, yeah, because I did preach on. Um, it, you know, the, the people were in uh, Babylonian captivity, and the prophet says, "Seek the welfare of the city that you're in. You know, you're here." So, mm-hmm. so I really tried to be intentional about that when I got here, and not think, "I wish I was this other place." But this is where I am. Um, get to know it, enjoy it, see what's you know, learn about it. Um, otherwise, I'm you know, thinking about, I'm wasting time, (laughs) you know what I mean? Thinking (laughs) about being somewhere else that I'm not and missing out what, what is here. So, uh, so, you know, uh, feel free to jump in. That was a little more than I expected to say. Well, I think, I think too, Victoria, just echoing part of what you're saying, this has been a very important time for me to be present where I'm at also, because there's the temptation to say, I wish we weren't going through this, et cetera, et cetera. And part of that, uh, what I discover is that doesn't move you anywhere. Mm -hmm. It it really doesn't change the dynamic in any way, shape, or form. But one practice that has changed the dynamic for me that's a little bit related to your spiritual practice of being present in the moment and not where we were before or where we're going, because you can't be there right now, so let's be where we are. is grateful living. So I'm kind of intentionally now looking for opportunities to not only identify blessings that are flowing in the midst of this, even though it's different and challenging, there's still a lot of blessings flowing. And and to see them, to become aware of them, to take them in, right, with some kind of intentionality where I'm searching for it. Yeah. And then expressing it. For example, I had a phone call today where um, I was talking with another leader 
who said, this person has made a really big difference for me as a mentor and a friend. And it was a beautiful expression of how blessed they felt by this person. And with the permission of that person, I called up the other person and said, you know, I just want you to know today that I had a conversation with somebody and they were talking about how much you've made a difference in their life. Mm -hmm. And I'm just calling you to thank you for that. And to say, you know, that's a, that's beautiful what you're doing. Keep, keep, keep it going forward because it's making a difference. Mm -hmm. And I think if we can do more of that kind of thing, where we're looking for good and then we're expressing the good that not only does it help us as individuals, but it also helps our entire community and get away from this fear and, and what I call like deep critique that is going on now and try to move the conversation to, well, wait a second, I see some really good things going on here too. What are they and how can we get behind that and be supportive? And for me, that makes a difference. I found a chart that has been floating around the internet. It's called a, who do I want to be during COVID-19? And it has uh, three movements, the fear, learning, and growth. And as I read through the different characteristics in each of those areas, I realized it coincides very easily with the discipled life. Mm -hmm. or what we consider spiritual transformational leaders are those who move to the growth area, which is really how, how I look out and who do, who do I see that, that needs my help? What do I have to offer them? You know, and how do I live in a grateful way? And, and these are our choices as disciples. We choose the attitudes with which we live our lives. And I, and I think that now is a really important time to say that out loud, that if I'm living in fear, it's because I generally choose to live in fear. Mm -hmm. well, I like that. And, and, and that's, I like that, that growing and learning, fear, fear growing and learning. Mm -hmm. um, we generally have more time available to us if we, if we take advantage of it. The pace and focus of life is kind of open again, and we get to decide what it's going to be, what is our pace, and how are we going to focus ourselves. Um, and working from home for me has has not been a bad thing. I, I miss Cindy like crazy, because <laughs> we've, we've always seen ourselves as partners in this work. Um, and so we, you know, we do get to talk by Zoom a couple times a week just to catch up and stuff, but gen generally really enjoy each other's company and our in our office um, and we're making connections with Kevin with dinnertime conversations over zoom and things like that. So keep it up. But uh, you know, there, I just find if I don't figure out the learning and the growing part, then I'm just going to work myself to death. I'm just mm -hmm. going to keep doing the stuff. So a couple of years ago, I started um, moving toward my licensure as a counselor with a focus on grief counseling. And, and I went back and looked at what the requirements were and I had four courses left that I can do online. And I'm probably maybe halfway through one of those courses. And it's interesting because the topic was on death and death systems mm. and death systems within our own culture. And I thought, boy, it's kind of a morbid thing to be talking about or reading about in a pandemic. 
but it's been fascinating. And then I released a children's book on grief of all things. So, I, you know, my life is like work and dealing with death and grief. Um, that sounds like a horrible thing. I am finding incredible inspiration um, and a sense of peace in it all. And it goes back to something I think you said, Kevin, that it's all about this moment. If anything, if we're learning anything in this pandemic is there's no guarantees for any of us. This day may be our last. And living for this moment and enjoying this moment and feeling satisfied with how we are behaving in this moment, that reduces life to its bare basic things, that I'm responsible for who I am now and how I choose to live to this day and this moment. And tomorrow will be another opportunity to make a commitment to that. Um, so for me, you know, it's, it's been a good process, I think. And I really have found it beautiful too, because I had a chance to read your book and we don't always get to, we don't always get to dive into um, what really moves people in other arenas of their life. And I found that book to be so helpful for children who are, who are grieving. Uh, but the other thing that I have been able to do during this period of time, which I didn't have access to before is in terms of my spiritual life, I now go surfing to find out, you know, what was the sermon that was preached in Montoursville? What was the <laughs> sermon that was preached, you know, in Altoona? And I, and I really have valued uh, how my heart is lifted and, and the growth that I've been able to experience uh, from colleagues around the conference that I would have never really had anywhere near the opportunity of hearing them yeah. and growing from their leadership. And it's just been really fantastic. So I would just encourage us all to realize that we now have this whole series of spiritual development and growth online that we have access at any time and can be learning from each other as friends and colleagues. It's just amazing. Yeah. That is cool. And what y'all were saying too uh, made me think it's, it's one of those blessings of our, what we thought was normal going away. Uh, it disrupts and it, it makes more things possible that probably were always possible, but we didn't bother to look at. So that really makes me think of what you said, Kim, you know, choices. We have some choices now. It's kind of wide open. So what choices are we going to make? Opportunity. Cindy, I don't want to block you out. Yeah, anything you want to say? I'm, I'm pretty, I'm good. I just, I was just <laughs> going to mention the practical aspect of working from home is in the next few weeks I'll be doing working from home on a more permanent basis so I've had a little practice and I know now what not to do when I move uh, and where to set up and where not to set up because in the kitchen is not a good no. setup <laughs> no. it's very distracting and uh like Kim, you need a designated yes. area. Well, and my former desk was right at the kitchen. So it, mm -hmm. yeah, it was not good. <laughs> right. And the need for appropriate uh, desk and chair mm -hmm. is also good for your physical well-being yes. as well. <laughs> yeah, which affects so much. 
Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. When, um, oh, I'm sorry. I have a cat on my lap. So it's good to have a cat too. <laughs> Distracts me and, and gets me to stop actually. Cause there's something about when you're a cat owner, if, if your cat sits on your lap, you just stop everything and think that you cannot move because there's a cat on your lap. So it's, um, uh, that's a good excuse for rest. Um, but I, I had been reading recently some reflections by Richard Rohr, the, uh, he's a brother in, in an order, and he, uh, he's been talking about liminality, so those spaces in between, which I have identified so much with because the last year, that's kind of where I've been. And um, what an opportunity that is. And instead of, you know, trying to rush into the next thing, which sometimes just can't be done, you, you just kind of live in that that place of not knowing, um, you know, what does that teach us? And, um, and what does the discomfort teach us? Uh, which is a hard thing for me to think about, and yet it seems really important. Um, so another thing that I was thinking about we um so the the third thing was love in our sleep pray love so how how do we love our neighbors when we can't be uh more closer than six feet from somebody and have to have a mask on uh we're stuck in the house for the most part so it, it just seems hard to honor jesus commandment to love our neighbors when when we can't really see too many of them so are are you finding that you can uh, live this out of, of the Christian life, that you can be actively loving your neighbor? So I have a story. Um, I, right after this first started where we were told to shelter in place, I had a friend who was having a birthday and she uh, is new to the area she couldn't go be with her family. She was sheltered at home uh, and just was really grieving the fact that she wasn't going to be with anyone. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to get a couple of birthday cupcakes and I'm going to drop them off at her house, drop and run. <laughs> and so uh, Gary drove me there and I dropped them off with a birthday card and as we were pulling away, she came to the door and saw them on the on her stoop. And uh, she was just so excited and happy uh, that we even thought about her. Uh, and so that has turned into a little kind of ministry thing for me, where when I'm finding out people have a birthday, I go to the store, get a couple of little birthday cupcakes and drop them off to people. Uh, and they're just genuinely surprised and thankful that we would even think of them on their birthday and go out of our way to come by and drop that off to them. And it's a blessing to, to uh, see their face as we drive away and just wave. And <laughs> uh, but that's been a special new little ministry for me, and I plan to continue it even after we're done with the sheltering at home. It's just something special. Yeah. Our, 
our sons both work in food industries in different, one in Florida, one in Colorado. And, and so we're, we've become very sensitive to people who are, who are serving in that industry right now who've really been hit hard. And so we really have tried to eat out. So, you know, you know what I mean? Get takeout from some of the restaurants knowing that it's going to help them to move through and to find ways to um, over tip grossly. <laughs> I think there've been times we've, the tip has been more than the cost of whatever it is we bought. But we thought, you know, we can, we can afford to do that. And it's a way of maybe helping them with their income. Um, but one of our favorite restaurants, we found out that some, some individuals were donating money to provide so many meals a week for people who couldn't afford it in the area. And that's one of the things that um, Kim and I kind of jumped on right away and are making an investment in. Uh, these are people we don't know, we'll never see them, but we know that it matters. So I think that's kind of a, that's become a spiritual expression for us of our own discipleship. Absolutely. And it doesn't even take that much. And really, to me, that also suggests that uh, sometimes supporting ministry mostly financially if people don't feel like they've really done something but sometimes that really is the best because uh, so much more can be done when we pool our money not that you know we should definitely build relationships when that's possible but um that helping to support something financially makes a huge difference that's cool well, we have we have a wonderful neighborhood here to walk in and so you know we've we've um been very open and uh, hospitable and friendly with our neighbors as we're walking, which before this didn't always happen. You know, you, it was easy to just walk by people and not, not be able to catch their eye. But lately it's just been really enjoyable to, you know, shout a few words at people as you walk by and wish them a happy day. And, you know, and then I hope that as this loosens up and we're able to interact a little closer that, we'll be able to build some relationships through that experience. Yep, an opportunity you're taking mm -hmm. advantage of. Mm -hmm. yeah. So. yeah, that's been interesting because I think that people are a little bit more open than I've experienced them to be before when mm -hmm. you get outside and you walk. Um, I do some fly fishing and I don't get out as much as I would like, but when I do, one of the interesting things I found is um, you know, my car might be 10 feet from another person's car as we're putting on our boots or whatever to go walk in into this wilderness fishing area. And the kind of things that people will share now in a conversation is amazing. They talk about, uh, for example, I had a conversation with a guy who was talking about, oh, this day reminds me of the first time I took my daughter fishing. And so I've sort of started the practice of asking open-ended questions. Oh, what made that day so special? Mm. And allow them to explore that, right? And and it's been fascinating the conversations that will grow if you just are interested enough to hear what they said and mm -hmm. then to ask a question that somehow enables them and invites them to go a little bit deeper. I feel like those conversations are nurturing for their souls. Mm. And a mm -hmm. lot of times there's just some real gratitude as we part to go our own ways. And we've been 10 foot apart the entire time, uh, not near each other, but we've made a connection somehow yeah. through those conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Um, so instead of having 
you know, a pleasant conversation of pleasantries, uh, a, a much more meaningful conversation. And you get to learn about somebody's life and they get an opportunity to uh, process it with somebody. That That's pretty cool. It'd be nice if we all did that more. <laughs> I, I love that. I was yeah. standing in the post office yesterday and a, and a gentleman came in behind me and we were, you know, keeping this six foot distance between us. And I don't even know how the conversation started, but it, it started with him talking about fishing and he's an older gentleman. And from the time we were at the door till the time I was at the counter six feet apart from each other, which was maybe, I don't know, eight minutes. We got from his talking about fishing to talking about his wife's terminal illness um, and I, I, I was stunned at how transparent and vulnerable he was with a complete stranger in a post office six, six feet distance away. Mm-hmm. And um, when, when it came time for me to go to the counter, he thanked me for listening. Um, and then I listened to him as he was relating to the postal worker, and he was so gracious and generous with his postal worker in terms mm-hmm. of caring for him. And I thanked him as well when I left and I thought, wow, Lord, that was an amazing, an amazing time. I'm so glad that I was here for it. Mm. All I did was show up and be open. Yeah, and willing to listen and let somebody else talk. Wow, that, that's, I think those are all amazing stories. Yeah, we showed up and God showed up too. Mm. <laughs> That is so cool. I'm loving those stories. I like to remind everybody that God's already there. We just happen to notice. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. And that is so true, Kim. We we have noticed more and more God around us now than, I don't know, I want to say ever, more than ever. Yeah. You know, our backyard for us has become a place of recognizing God's presence. Mm. We, we have a lovely location here and we put up some bird feeders and we have just walked, every time we walk out the back door, it's like this opportunity to be in God's presence. The, you sit on the porch and the birds are just singing their little hearts out. You know, we watched the goldfinches turn from their drab winter colors to their beautiful summer colors. We've, we've got different birds every week. The hummingbirds are back this week. Um, and, it, and it's just, I'm constantly reminded, you know, here are the sparrows. They don't have a care in the world. Why are you worrying? Mm-hmm. And it's like just that place of respite that comes just from being in that nature is so helpful right now. That's a great thought. And I, one of the things that that does for me is uh, it, it actually, ironically, in a comforting way, is to realize I'm a part of this. I'm not outside of this. Right. Um, it, it's a web um, and we're all interdependent. And I think sometimes humans you know, think that nature is something we control or harness for ourselves, but mm. we're just a link in that. You know, or thread in that complex weave, um, which I find reassuring somehow. Um, well, as a deacon, one of my callings is compassion and justice. And so, what I've tried to do too is 
uh, write letters to Congress people and whatnot, uh, lobby for uh, uh, policies that will help those who are in greatest need. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I don't live in Tennessee anymore, but I still have connections there. And the governor there was giving some kind of press press conference about policies related to COVID-19. And I I joined this movement to put as much in the comment area about expanding Medicare, Medicaid or Medicare, I forget which one, Medicaid, um, because Tennessee is one of those places where, you know, they, they're they offered this federal money to expand Medicaid, but just because the Southeast is the Southeast, they didn't take it. Well, they could be helping so many people, mm. um, you know, this money is out there, you know, why walk away from money that can can help your people? It's just a different mindset there. But, you know, for me, it's a justice issue. So it was a way I could participate um, in that, which is pretty important to me. And also promoting ministries that I think make a big difference to people in need and uh, working on helping them raise funds and that sort of thing. So, well, I think we're really at the end of our time. Um, So maybe we'll wrap up, but I'm so grateful for all of you. You've had such good spiritual insights, um, <laughs> as well as your really practical, uh, physical, tangible ones, too. So, um, fun. yeah, excellent. Yeah, so, thanks, Victoria. It's been great. Good to be with you all. Yes. It's, yes, it has been, everybody. Thank Absolutely. you. So I uh, just want to thank you all, um, Cindy Weaver, Kevin Witt, Gary Shockley, and Kim Shockley for joining in this conversation. Um our next podcast will be coming in a couple of weeks so we uh encourage you to look for that kim is that one you're leading yeah gary and i will be talking with two of our pastors about how congregations live from a set of values which which really ties beautifully into our conversation about the choices we make about how we're going to live in the world so um, i'm really looking forward to that conversation next week mm-hmm that sounds excellent. So I encourage people to watch for that. We've got our podcasts are on, uh, oh, I can't remember what it's called, Spotify. <laughs> and they're going to be spreading out. I know that the Google podcast is also going to be picking it up. So um, if you're listening, tell your friends. And um, we're glad that you're listening in. You can find us again. It's U-M-S-E-E. And hope that you will tune in again. Uh, Thanks for listening and God's peace be with you until next time.